0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Abraham believed in God and he believed God to you. The Bible records the history of Abraham and his relationship with God. It tells us about the great promises that God made to Abraham and how that Abraham believed implicitly in what God
1: said. Hello, my name is Jeff and it's my pleasure to talk about one of the great characters of the Bible about Abraham although he lived on four and a half thousand years ago which is a long long time what he believed and what was promised to him is vitally important for us today and so we're going to start off by looking at Genesis chapter 12 where we read of God's promises and God's calling of Abraham I'll be using then iv version of the bible but i hope whatever version you have you have your bible open with you so you can follow through the first of two passages that i'm really going to dwell on in this talk so genesis chapter 12 we read in verse 1 now the lord said to abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that i will show you and i'll make of you a great nation and i'll bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who dishonours you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, Abraham, who received this calling of God, was living in a place called Ur of the Chaldees, which is in our modern-day Iraq, and he was told to leave that place of idolatry and false worship. It was a rich place. Materially, Abraham was probably prosperous, but he left it all behind. And he went on this long journey from the heart of Iraq onward towards the land of promise, the land of Canaan, which we call in our modern day, Israel. And you can see in those verses, there are a number of great things said of him that he was to be uh, a a great man and, and there'd be a great nation from him and so on but about all those promises the most important one of all comes right at the end of verse three where it says and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed what a statement in you Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed so in him all humanity is to be blessed what a a prospect there what a thing to be saying to this man and so that's how important Abraham is it's through him that all the, the peoples and the nations of the earth whether they're Jew or Gentile are ultimately blessed this actually is the gospel message The Apostle Paul tells us that when he writes to the Galatians. Um, The reference is Galatians chapter 3 verse 9. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying in you shall all the nations be be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the man of faith. So he talks of Abraham being the man of faith and he's talking of all the believers having to be the children of faith. They have to have him as their father and they believe in this same great promise. They understand that this is the gospel message made good in the saving work of the Lord Jesus. Coming down to verse 7. Of this chapter twelve of Genesis, we read that Abraham comes into the land of Israel, and there, at a place called Shechem, God speaks to him again, no doubt through an angel. And here we have this promise: "To your offspring, I will give this land." Now, the word "offspring" can be plural or singular, and in actual fact, it applies to Abraham in both senses. He was to have many descendants who would actually take ownership of this land of Israel. But in a singular sense, there is to be one who is also to have possession of this land. And we know that this is the Lord Jesus. Again, the Apostle Paul, in that third chapter of Galatians, goes on to say in verse 16. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. Excuse me. It does not say unto offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring, who is Christ. So Paul is at pains to make sure that we understand that this this promise here in Genesis twelve, verse seven, refers to the Lord Jesus to your offspring, to your Lord, to the Lord Jesus, I'll give this land. The Hebrew man talking about this faith of Abraham that causes him to go out from the land of Mesopotamia, modern day Iraq, and go into the land of Canaan, which is modern day Israel, and to believe in these promises of God, that ultimately in him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, and in his seed, In a particular one, there would be ownership of this land of Israel. When the the, the man who writes the epistle to the Hebrews talks of it, he says this. And I'm reading now from Hebrews 11, verses 8 to 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that hath foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He went because he was looking for a new order of things. He was looking for a society planned And established by God. and We have this picture of a house builder. God the architect of of a city. And establishing its foundations. It's interesting also. The Hebrew man there. Talks of the land of Canaan. As the land of promise. Because it was promised to Abraham. We read that. As we go through the Genesis record. And when the promises are repeated to Abraham. He's told that he will have ownership of this land even though he would die uh, with nothing. He had to actually buy land to, to bury his wife, Sarah. So he had no land that he could even set his foot upon. He lived a life as a nomad in tents, wandering throughout the land of Israel, but he never took possession of any land. And he died without in- that inheritance coming to pass. So we know that at Christ's coming, he'll be raised from the dead. And he'll be given that inheritance. And not only him, but his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob. The Hebrew man talked about them living in tents and then being heirs with him of the same promise. And so this chapter 12 is such an important chapter. These promises to Abraham are so vital. At their very heart, We have the gospel message, this gospel message. That there's going to be a new order of things and it will start in Israel. And this promise of God bringing forth a new society is given here. And Abraham and through the family of Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. These promises will have a meaning for them if they take an interest in the God of Israel, the living God. Now I'm going to move you on to Genesis chapter 22 and this is our second passage that we're really going to focus on in this talk. Between chapter 12 and chapter 22 the promises are enlarged upon and fleshed out as it were uh, and repeated to Abraham and a lot happens to Abraham and as he goes through life he's getting older and older and older and he has has to wait a long, long time before one child comes into being, let alone a multitude as promised. But eventually he's a very old man. He and his wife have a son called Isaac. And Isaac obviously is very important in terms of these promises. He's the first of the seed. And so how shocking as well as surprising it was as we read in Genesis 22 that Abraham wanted or God wanted Abraham to slay Isaac as a sacrifice. We read of it in, in the in the chapter in some detail I can only look at a few verses in this talk with you. Please read the whole chapter it's an amazing account. Now Abraham Um, to kill a man would be abhorrent to kill a man as a sacrifice certainly this was not something he would want to do and for it to be his son uh, that is a tough tough command of the lord but he loved his son and in this son all these promises uh, are, are to go on and to be passed on from him Eventually, as I've said, it'll go to Jacob and and down through the generations, down to his direct descendant, which is the Lord Jesus himself. He is the seed. Well, you can't get to the seed, the Lord Jesus, if Isaac is slain before he has a child. And so Abraham might have been perplexed by this request, this command of the Lord to slay Isaac. But being a man of faith, he goes forth and seeks to do it and so we read in verse 10 of Genesis 22 Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said "Abram, Abram," and he said here I am he said do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him for now I know that you fear God seeing you have not withheld your son your only son from me was prepared to slay his son according to God's command but God of course doesn't allow him to do that and as he sees Isaac rise up from the altar he sees a man uh, in a picture being good as dead now being given life anew and in that picture you've got a man there who was innocent not worthy of death Isaac was innocent there was no reason for him to be killed for anything But you see a man, a sinless man, being offered as a sacrifice. And so Abraham, when he acts out this, is seeing something of the need. The need for the sacrifice for sin. And the need of it being a man, a perfect man, to give that sacrifice. And the need for resurrection from the dead. He sees this and he understands all these things. In fact, it's the Hebrew writer again, who says in in, in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, and now I'm reading from verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So when Isaac stood up, having been on that altar, he saw in effect a picture of the resurrection in Isaac. But he also saw something of the death, the sacrifice and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It was John the Baptist much later on who when he presents the Lord Jesus to the crowd, who says, behold, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. And so the Lord Jesus was provided by God as the Son of God, to be that perfect one, to be the sacrifice for sin. And John says, behold, the Lamb of God. And in Genesis 22, notice here that Abraham. He sees a ram caught in the thicket and he offers that ram. And we're we're told that Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The Lord will provide. And so the, the Lord did. He provided the Lord Jesus. And he was crucified in the same location in this area of Moriah as where Abraham was prepared to slay Isaac. How amazing is that? Even though there's centuries, even millennia, between Genesis 22 and the Gospel account, we see this prophecy was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Still in Genesis 22 now, I want us to, to, to read from verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself, have I sworn, declares the Lord, because you've done this, have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. So God says, you won't only have Isaac as I've promised; so it will be. You will have a multitude of descendants. There will be a whole multitude of believers who will be reckoned as your family. This is not just descendants of Abraham, flesh and blood, although that will be fulfilled true. But this embraces all those in faith who have the faith of Abraham, who believe in the promises given to Abraham, who believe in the Lord Jesus in confirming and establishing those promises. They will be a part of this multitude that is described in terms of the stars in the heavens above and as the sand that is on the seashore. Abraham, you may only have one son, Isaac, but there will be a great family belonging to you, a family of faith. And through God's grace, we can be a part of that family. We can be a part of Abraham's seed. But it goes on here in Genesis 22 and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice and so God now speaks of that one in particular that special one even the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus is to possess the gate of his enemies And in those days to possess the gate was to have the authority over the town or over the city. That's where governance was given and that's where judgment was made. Everything of import happened at the gate of the city. And so to possess the gate is to have authority and power. And Abraham's told that this one special individual would have power over his enemies. And so the Lord Jesus will have power over all the ungodly. He will bless the godly and he will give the inheritance to the meek of the earth. As he says, blessed are they who are meek for they shall inherit the earth. And the last enemy, the Apostle Paul says in his writings, is death. The Lord Jesus will be victorious over disease and death. And through him and in him, we can have the victory even over death. We can be raised as undoubtedly Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the faithful of the past and our sleep in the ground will be. Finally, in this talk, I want to make reference to some words again from Galatians chapter 3 the end of that chapter reading from verses 27 to 29 the apostle says as many of you as were baptized into christ and he's speaking of believers and they've been baptized as many of you have been baptized into christ he says have put on christ there is neither jew nor greek there's neither slave nor free there's no there's no male and female for you're one in christ jesus So if we have this faith in the promises given to Abraham and faith in the work of the Lord Jesus, and we have a good understanding of him and what his life was about and what the promises are all about, then if we're baptised, we become a part of him. We are one in him. And if we are in him, then we're reckoned to be Abraham's seed. And so the, the words go on in Galatians 3. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ. Then are ye Abraham's offspring. And heirs according to the promise. Everything that was promised to the patriarchs. Is now promised to us. Now Abraham believed God. Of that. There's no question. Abraham believed God. He is the father of the faithful. The question is. Will you believe in God too?